It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another exciting edition of Plank of the Week, the fastest-growing radio show that became a television show that now uh, is the envy of all comedians, because, of course, comedians now can't make jokes anymore because they all think that Joe Biden is going to be president of the United States of America, and they can't make jokes about him because he's not from the right side of the divide. I'm delighted to say that not only have we got a proper plank now to give people, but we've actually got a little uh, plaque at the top of the plank which says Plank of the Week, which was very kindly sent into us by one of our listeners in Rotherham. I'll give you his name later on. And I'm delighted to say uh, that here are we back in the studio with Kevin O'Sullivan, who was here last week. You're becoming a bit of a regular here. I know, uh, but it's a COVID crisis. It is it? a COVID crisis, and so we're actually limited to the numbers of people that we can bring into the building. Olivia Utley is here as well. Uh, she is, of course, the deputy leader writer at The Sun, amongst many other things. Welcome. Uh, let's start off with you, Kevin, this week, and tell us who your first plank is. Uh, I'm going to go for Martin Bashir and the BBC oh, yes. uh, for the disgraceful way it appears they treated Princess Diana at a very vulnerable stage of her life, having uh, split up from Charles uh, Bashir. I mean, I say it's alleged, but we've seen the evidence. It cam- comes from Diana's furious brother, Charles Spencer. Uh, he has provided all of his notes. The BBC has accepted that Bashir got a graphic designer to fake up bank statements to persuade Diana that people in the royal employee in the royal employee were selling stories on, of her. He, uh, he uh, apparently told. Diana, that the Queen was a comfort eater with heart problems, that Prince Edward was dying of AIDS, and created in her mind the feeling that everyone at the palace was conspiring against her, selling stories uh, to the papers about her, uh, and coerced her into giving that iconic interview 25 years ago that completely changed the way the British people look at the royal family. Uh, It was a groundbreaking interview uh, that stunned the world. Mm. Uh, Well, you might say he took advantage of a a woman in a pretty vulnerable state at the time, right? The poor woman was at a very vulnerable stage. Her marriage had just ended, uh, and he preyed on her like an evil parasite. And uh, it's a disgrace what happened. Uh, Just like Watergate, though, almost worse than the uh, deed itself, uh, Bashir's deceit is the way the BBC tried to cover it up and basically tried to say, so Tony Hall, the former... Uh, Director General, who at the time in 1995 was head of news and therefore in charge of the Panorama programme that broadcast the interview, uh, he basically said, uh, uh, Martin, I've spoken to Martin about forging the bank statements. Uh, He regrets that. He regrets it. And that's all. Really? That's all it is, yeah. So, so the fact that the senior BBC journalist, you know, uh, excuse me for asking you this, Olivia, senior BBC journalist forges documents, probably pays somebody to forge well, documents. No, 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 we know that because the right? bloke's, bloke's come forward. He, yeah, yeah. He was on, so, on, okay, all right, yeah. so let's just recap. Yeah. So BBC journalist forges, gets, uh, gets a forger, gets him to do a bunch of forgeries, pays him for doing that, mm-hmm. then takes the forgeries to Princess Diana, her, who is the wife of the heir to the throne, um, also includes his, her brother, who is, you know, uh, Earl Spencer, Mm. um, and then somehow coerces her to doing an interview with the BBC. I mean, I'm sorry, don't the BBC have any standards of any kind? Yeah, it's incredibly dodgy. And I can't see the BBC doing it now. I mean, I don't like the BBC very much at all. (laughs) 
Well, no, no. I have a lot of problems with the BBC. It's just you can't trust a, the BBC I mean, clean, as far as you can no, throw you can't it. trust them, but not on something like that. They're sort of cleaner than clean goody two-shoes now. Um, it's sort of amazing that they were able to Isn't get it? away with it in 1995. But also, the question I would want to know, Kevin, is who knew about this? I mean, it's all very well for, um, well, for, for, for Tony be, Halls yeah. to say, oh, yeah, listen, I, I, I've had a word with Martin Bashir, who, by the way, has been telling everybody that he's very ill with coronavirus. Apparently, he was spotted going to his local takeaway. He was in the mail on Sunday. On by the way, uh, the BBC said, I'm afraid, throughout this, this has been raging for a couple of weeks, uh, really uh, hit uh, explosion point on Saturday when the Daily Mail carried about 10 pages with all of all thoughts and notes. By the way, uh, aristocrats in this country, why is it so confusing? It's so confusing what to call them. Charles Spencer's got about 500 names. Charles Spencer, Lord Spencer, Earl Spencer, Lord Allthorpe. What is that guy's name? I, I uh, thought for a while that his name was Earl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Earl. How are you doing? Yeah, not what I was expecting from Diana's but, brother. But, uh, and also, he is a, a man who is very, it's very easy to dislike. He is a pompous mm, person. He is. He's rather full of himself. But he has got a point here, clearly, and he took meticulous notes of what Bashir was up to. Uh, he concluded the guy was uh full of rubbish and was not telling the truth and was de- deliberately trying to deceive his sister. Diana uh, swallowed it and gave the interview. Now, the point is, the BBC, uh, you know, until it's blue in the face, will always tell us, you can trust us, oh, yeah. our journalism. We are so trustworthy. Yes. We're on It's of a gold standard. We're most trusted. The world's greatest journalists. You know, well, if this psst, is the Do you know any thing, forgers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slimy little forgers. Now, the bloke... I mean, I've, I've had some interesting career choices in my time, but I've never actually met or had in my employ, a forger. Mm. Sorry, I wouldn't even know where to start. You know, where'd you find a forger from? Well, well you know, Martin Bashir apparently knows where they are. You know, I mean, having worked on the Sunday People in the early 1980s when the news of the world was firing on all cylinders too, we're both selling about four million copies each. Uh, you know, I met some pretty. Uh, Dodgy characters who yeah, use some very underhand Most of them were working on the papers. I've never, but I've never <laughs> seen any... Yeah, no, I mean it. The journalists uh, on the screws and the uh, people uh, in those days, they were very strange characters. Yeah. I mean, mm. close to being criminals, to yeah. be honest with you, some of them. Uh, but I've never seen anyone go quite to the lengths this man did. And it's not just using underhand techniques. It's the way that he preyed on this woman yeah, yeah. when she was at a very low ebb. Because the interview was so sensational. Yeah. But also, as an individual, Martin Bashir made his entire career. Did he not get hired by some network well, went, in America? He went over to NBC. I think he went to work for NBC for a while. Yeah, so he's yeah. made an awful lot of you know capital off the back of that one but, interview yeah. because he was pretty unknown, I seem but, to remember, but, when he did it. Yeah, no, no, he came from nowhere. Right. Uh, it made his name. Uh, he, uh, you know, he employed this guy to, to, to forge up bank statements. The guy, the, the CGI forger, he said, oh, I was on, I did this. He said, oh, I regularly forged up documents for Panorama. <laughs> no, Fair no, enough. he didn't. So, so they're obviously doing this all the time. Uh, he got fired. Bashir was saved by the BBC mm. inquiry. Yeah. Tony Hall then has another inquiry, which rules says, oh, you know, it wasn't entirely above board, but basically it was the scoop of the century. Let's now, just move on, this is we? a huge, huge cloud hanging over the BBC. Michael Gray said this at the mm. weekend. He said this is much much worse. Well, they're going to have to do, aren't they, a proper investigation which well, will gonna, name well, names and well, say, well, this. Well, it has. A year and a half. Uh, and yes, no it will, care, but like, it has to be. It's, it's external. They've had to agree because they've already oh, had really? an intern. Mm. Althorpe oh, wrote to Tony Hall and indeed Tim Davey, the new director general, and said, I'm not accepting an internal inquiry. You've had to already. Mm. And both of them are whitewashers. Mm. Uh, I will demand an external yeah. inquiry. So the next inquiry, uh, which will get going very soon, will be external. And let me tell you, BBC aren't going to come out of it w- well. And uh, I wouldn't be, if I was Ash- Martin Bashir, planning my long service party uh, at the BBC because no. I don't see any way ahead for the BBC except for to fire Martin Bashir. Yeah, I would have thought so. That's going to have to happen. And speaking just finally of ways of uh, pronouncing and saying Earl Spencer's name, there's a guy who I used to work with at the Express who was quite senior. I believe he might still be in this building, so I'm not going to name him. Um, but he came out and said on the day of the funeral, because we were trying to set the, put the paper, to, you know, sort of set it all up so that we could just go whammo, 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 whammo with everything that we needed to do, because we were selling more papers than you could, you know, shake a stick at. And he said, no, 
we must wait until the Earl of Spencer has spoken. <laughs> what? So he thought he was the Earl of Spencer, which I think was great. But when he, when he's, when he, so he's, he's Earl Spencer, Charles Spencer, Earl of Spencer. Lord, but he's Lord Althorpe. And then also, there's another one. Also, no, there's another one. It's here's Lord another one. Althorpe. I was going to say. Althrop. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Isn't Althorpe pronounced yeah, yeah. Throp? Well, it, it, who knows? Althorpe. I've heard that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Althorpe, Althorpe. Well, the guy's got that. about 17 names. <laughs> I was going to ask you actually if you had any kind of, him, um, you know, antecedents in the old um, in the old posh brigade because I heard you say on his show at the weekend that some of your family had gone off on a secret church mission. <laughs> to go, speaking I mean, yeah. services, I, you know, once again amongst things that I don't know about uh, in truly forges is secret churches, you know, because it sounds to me like something you'd do very much in the sort of stately home oh, type huge, scenario. Apparently. No, really? No, it was a. I can't say too much. No, don't give anything away. Trouble. I wouldn't want you to get in um, trouble. Yeah, but but it but it was big. It was, wow. Yeah. Well, this is Boris's. This is, bro- this is Boris's. Boris's we have this is Boris's, Boris's, Boris's yeah. legacy. You know. Speakeasy churches. Bootleg churches. Yeah, unbelievable. Do you think out. there was any holy wine being served? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but having not nearly so. enough. <laughs> not nearly enough. No, Olivia, give us your first plank. Uh, my first plank is. John Major for yes. his absolutely awful speech um, yesterday in which he basically said that Britain can't do anything on its own. We're a rubbish, tiny little country. We're, we only, we're only 1% of the population. Well, yeah, but we're the fifth largest economy yeah. in the world. We he hasn't quite put that two more and two together, weight. has he? Doesn't seem to have done. No, mm. I mean, why is he still talking? He was the Prime Minister when I was born. Yes. He ceased to be Prime Minister when I was three. He also he wasn't particularly What's good at doing it, by the way. Around? No, let I mean, the Tories to their like worst defeat in all let's time. think of all the greatest Prime Ministers of the 20th century. I don't think John Major's name ever comes up. No. You know? I mean, he's behind all sorts of people who some people think are much more... I mean, Tony Blair, you might not like what he did, but he's a pretty memorable Prime Minister. He was good at politics. You know, but John Major... Major The only thing I can remember John Major for doing uh, was shagging Edwina Curry. You know, which came as a great shock to, I think, all of us, Mm. really. I mean, the only thing that was he wasn't doing it in Downing Street, but the idea that he'd actually managed to attract anyone to him was quite extraordinary. What he is, though, uh, what this speech was predicated on is the fact that John Major... Uh, first of all, he's a childish, juvenile politician. That you know, in the way that the politicians are like that, mm. uh, they don't get their way. They stomp and they stamp and they scream forevermore. Uh, and what he is is an obsessive remainer. Mm. So he didn't get his way. And what this speech was all about is, well, we're leaving Europe, and now we're going to be weedy and small and useless. Mm. It's all your fault because you made the wrong decision. Yeah. It's like grow up. But I don't and remember. Of, and then it was amazing on social media. All of his sort of remainer friends who all have wanted a second referendum for the last seven years, and that's literally all they've been talking about. All tweeting it, going, um, yeah, John May just making an excellent point here. This should get. Set Circulated because the mainstream media will ignore it. Yes, because it's completely irrelevant and right. boring and just and not true. Why is it there and, and, and completely rubbish? And, not and it doesn't true. matter what also, he thinks it was an anyway. Was being made about three years ago by people who still haven't got over it. But it doesn't make it right. Also, it's just not really our biggest but, issue. Really, no, <laughs> but, 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 but his big point was at the end of this denigration of Britain, it's a second-class nation. It is no longer in the top flight. Yes, it is. And by the way, you know, don't. Bad mouth my country, thanks very much. Mm. You're the former Prime Minister. Absolute disgrace to do that. But what it's all about is he wants, after we've left Brexit, after we've come to a deal, he wants a confirmatory referendum. Another referendum. What, to, to show deci- that we did the no, right no, no, thing? No, 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 no. To possibly reject the agreement and therefore we all go back to normal. I mean, That's really. how like mad he is. He's insane. Yeah, he yeah. really is. That's and how, I mean, he can't think he's going to win anyone over with this. Does he seriously think making that speech that some Brexiteers are going to watch and be like, Oh, God, yeah, sorry. Um, I do hate Britain, actually. You're completely yes. right. We yeah. are a rubbish country. Yeah. Oh, but you know, it's, it's just taking John Major to but say it. Oh, but yeah. it's a similar... There was a kind of vein of that all going through this weekend with all the ridiculous nonsense about, you know, Biden winning the US presidential election, which, by the way, he hasn't done yet. But this kind of self-harming uh, facet of people's personalities came out. People who are massive Remainers saying, oh, yeah, let's hope Biden punishes Britain now because he's pro-Europe uh, and he's pro-the EU and he's against Brexit and he doesn't like Boris, so this will be great. He'll give us a crap trade deal. And you're kind of going, why would you wish to get a crap yeah. trade deal out of another country yeah. that you would prefer to get a better trade deal with in order not to be punished? It's very weird, isn't it? It really is. We'll, yeah. we'll talk more about that because my first um, nominee is actually Adam Bolton 
from Sky TV. Now, uh, you and I talk about Sky quite a lot. It used to be owned by the people that own this building. Uh, not anymore. It's now owned by NBC in America, which is quite a lefty TV organisation in the it's States. Comcast. Owned by Comcast, which yeah. is a cable television company as well. Um, but I couldn't quite believe my eyes. On Saturday, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel a bit dirty, actually, for even having to admit this, that <laughs> I put Sky News on on Saturday afternoon because I'd walked the dog um, you know, dinner was on, nothing else to do. So I thought I'll just put it on. And I saw there was this Rudolph, Rudolph Giuliani press conference, which took place hilariously in the Four Seasons parking lot of a hand, <laughs> strange of a hardware store rather than the Four Seasons Hotel. <laughs> Rudy, I still don't down. believe. I still don't believe that they did that by accident. They couldn't have possibly thought they were booking the Four Seasons Hotel and instead found themselves in a parking lot. I just don't get it. Anyway, suddenly there was this kind of you know a fanfare started up. And I thought, it's a bit weird, because um, they weren't going to the Rudy press conference. This fanfare started up, and Bolton was sitting there, and the sort of flag started to appear, and there was a sort of temple, almost, of sort of with ionic pillars behind him. And he sort of put on a specially pompous voice to say that, you know, Sky News is now ready to declare the winner in the US presidential election 2020. And then there was sort of pause for dramatic effect. And I'm kind of going... What's going on here? You know, and why are Sky doing it? I mean, nobody cares, right? But then he invoked the sort of the NBC name and said, you know, thanks to, you know, excessive exit polling done by NBC, we can now declare the winner. And then there was another kind of da 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 And then suddenly Biden's name came out of nowhere. And it was like, what is this, Toy Town? I mean, it's like what you would do as a sort of prefect in the sixth form is going, this is how we'd announce it. It was really embarrassing. And also this came on top of, Last week, this ridiculous kind of um, detailed examination of county by county voting in Pennsylvania. And I'm going, nobody cares about what's happening in Allegheny County, which is a small uh, suburb north of Philadelphia. Oh, I'm so sick what's of Brits going on? just thinking they're American. It's, yeah. it's like you say, Brits wanting to get a bad trade deal off Biden. They forget that they're actually British, that yeah. they're the ones who are actually right. going to have to live through this. And they hate and- Donald Trump to such an extent, and they hate Boris Johnson to such an extent, that they'd rather lionise a bloke yeah. called Joe Biden, who, by the way, was one of the uh, architects of bombing Syria when he was the vice president uh, with Barack Obama in charge of the White House, did absolutely nothing in eight years. And this is not because I support Donald Trump. It's because literally... Literally, Joe Biden is not famous for doing anything Mm. apart from abusing Clarence Thomas, who tried to be a Supreme Court judge and who was harassed to such an extent by Joe Biden when he was the leader of that particular committee that that Clarence Thomas basically said, look, nothing is worth this. I'm not willing to take any more of your questions. They accused him of doing all sorts of horrible things to one of his um, assistants. They accused him of all sorts of sexual um, oddities, malpractices. They ruined the guy's life, effectively, and that was Biden. Yeah. You know, and he's not a particularly great... And everybody goes, oh, he's such a decent man. Well, he may well be. I don't know that. I don't know the man particularly well, but certainly his political career does not suggest that he should be uh, sort of painted as some kind of messiah-like figure, you know? Well, it's just this, you know, we're, Donald's gone. It's a whole new dawning. And they're, they're trying to... But, you know, the uh, Bolton could barely the conceal his glee. Trying, trying to sort of depict it as, uh, you know, this brave new world. At last, the sun is rising again after four years of darkness. You must be joking. First of all, America's completely divided. There's going to be yeah. blood on the walls over there, not just for the next 70 days or so while uh, Donald's still in power, but for the next four years. Uh, and the administration, Biden and Harris, will get absolutely nothing done because they haven't got the Senate, haven't even got a very good majority in Congress. Mm. Uh, they haven't got the power to get any. They will be impotent and useless. Yeah. They're useless anyway, but uh, without uh, the mechanism of power, they can't get anything through. Oh, so, so when did the media useless. become so enthralled with individual politicians? I mean, I grew up being sceptical of all politicians. You know, I don't particularly trust any of them whether from which side of the divide they come. You know, I'm not interested in, in, you know, my politician who's going to save me and make my life better. You know, my life is my responsibility. I don't need the Prime Minister or the President to sort of help me. Particularly not the President. I mean, British media organisations being so ridiculous about an election which basically isn't that much of our business. No, it really isn't. And all of this stuff about, you know, oh, he's going to not like us, he's going to be very anti-British. No, he's not. He's got all sorts of, you know, he has not yet been recognised by China, by Russia, Mm. or by Saudi Arabia, or by Turkey. I would suggest those are four 
bigger problems than he's got dealing with well, Brexit. Boris, Boris refused to go there, didn't he? Uh, when he was questioned, you know, are you saying it, that are you accepting that? Well, he has now, though. He has, yeah. he has now. No, he has now. No, he's actually sent him a letter of, of congr- or a note of congratulation, well, which, which was hilarious. Which was ridiculous because you know he's not president yet. Well, the, the, the strangest thing about that message was that message from Downing Street on, that he posted on Twitter, which was just sort of black, kind of plaque-looking thing, with congratulations to Joe Biden, blah, blah, blah. But underneath it said congratulations to, jo- to Donald Trump. And if you zoom right in, and this sounds like it's made up, it honestly isn't. Right. A lot of people have spotted this is one, it. another one of these Boris right. two no. letters oh, things. Oh, it's so weird. Um, <laughs> he, he always keeps that. his options yeah, open. You should have a look at it. Because, oh, my I mean, God. It's all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's literally that. <laughs> he always keeps his options but open. But why? Well, how can no one indulge yeah. you? Why can't you, you just delete just put the words and put it back? Insert name yeah, here. Yeah, insert presidential candidate Jesus, that's amazing. That's funny. Let's have your second one, Kevin. Uh, I'm going to go for pollsters, yeah, yes. both sides of the Atlantic, but especially in America. Uh, the result of the election, uh, you know, I think Biden will emerge as the president in the end after months of wrangling, but he will be the president. But the result uh, was on a knife edge. The, the margin of victory is absolutely wafer thin, really, really tight. I mean, hundreds of votes here and there basically turned it. Now, so any factor that got Biden over the line is important. Here's a massive factor. Here's a massive reason why people vote. They want to vote for the winner. Lots of people assess who's going to win. I will now vote for them. Uh, And they like to say afterwards, I voted for the winner. I knew he'd win. I voted for him. Now, when you're making that assessment in America, who shall I vote for? Uh, I want to vote for the winner. That comes on the back of a year, at least a year, of constant polling saying that Joe Biden was going to be the landslide winner. It was going to be an absolute avalanche in his favour. Donald Trump would be crushed Uh, forgotten, uh, consigned to the scrap heap of history with hardly any votes at all. Uh, That did not happen. It was very close. So the point is, though, when people went to the ballot box in America, they had in their mind the image of Joe Biden, the triumphant victor. He was the victor, the winner. And that got him a lot of votes. I think there is something in that, because people don't want to turn up in the local bar and be salted. Oh, you voted for Trump and he got slaughtered? What, are you an idiot? I think there's some truth to that. Well known. People want to vote for the winner. Mm. They've been told for at least a year in America uh, and around the world, we've been told, Joe Biden's definitely going to be the winner. It's going to be a massive winner. It's going to be a landslide. Uh, Now, so that got... That got Biden over the line. So in the future, I'm very much against regulation, uh, if at all possible, in any area. Uh, you know, I like uh, small government, not big government. But I do think... I'm quite liking no government, uh, but, at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> do, How about yeah. we just try to yeah. do it ourselves? <laughs> it couldn't be worse. No, but, but with polling, uh, I think we need regulation and we need to know what questions they're asking, where they're asking. Well, them, I'll tell you what, here's a better asking. idea. How about you just do away with polling? Well, Make well, it illegal. Yeah, but you're never going to do it. Why that. not? Make it illegal. I can't think of any poll that I've ever seen that has enriched my life or given me any knowledge well, that I didn't already have. Well, the, the, the because politi- most of the time, you can deconstruct any poll yeah. and say, well, it doesn't matter who you ask that question of, yeah. it's clearly not representative of yeah, this but, group of people. most yeah. people won't, though. Most people won't. So what I'm saying in the future is... Uh, we need to know the question there. So I know what, the, see, these polls in America that went to Arizona and to Florida and to all these swing states uh, and said, well, who, who are you going to vote for? I know what, the, they're, 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 these are commissioned by the left-wing television stations and the left-wing newspapers. Uh, the question would have been, you know, in order to prevent four more years of <laughs> pestilence, homophobia, horror, terror and terrible management by the awful Donald Trump, would you vote for Joe Biden? Uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> And, and that's that's. Well, you, we've all known about the phenomenon of shy Trump voters mm. and shy Tories for years. So I, I I thought in this election, you know, that it seemed to be predicting a pretty substantial majority for Joe Biden. And I thought, well, they must be overcorrecting. They must be so worried about making the same mistake again that they're underplaying how well Joe Biden's going to do. So I put money on on a huge Biden victory because I thought that's the only possible explanation. Yeah. But no, they were just wrong again. And it's hard to work out. And also, out. they not only were wrong about the actual margin of victory, but they were wrong about 
the whole kind of process of, of the Trump support because mm-hmm. he got more support this time than yeah. he got last time. I mean, yeah, three million I mean, more votes. And the only place where he lost votes was among white Poster, working class yeah. men. Yeah. Yeah. The pollsters call, all the pollsters called Florida for Biden. Uh, not only, only did Trump win Florida, he got miles more votes there than he did the last time. Yeah. The pollsters in... All areas in America were hideously wrong on this. And I think that the, the real scandal here is not their wrongness. It's that they deliberately set out to be wrong. Mm. Now, you know, I've commissioned polls. You haven't. Yeah. You know, and the first thing the polls, polling company, well, the first thing the polling company say, says to you is what result do you want? Right. Uh, and then they go out yeah. and get it for you. It's a really weird way of yeah. working. So what it? I'm saying is in the political area, the creation of the image of the victor is a really important factor in who wins the election. And the pollsters are singularly responsible for creating that image around Biden. And in the future, I think we've got to find out exactly who did the pollsters talk to and exactly what question did they ask. We need more transparency in this I area. think it's especially true in a country where it's just a personality mm. contest, basically, and it's got to be a... Per- it's- it's yeah. sort of a cult thing. Yeah. You either yeah. Lo- yeah. love Trump and he's got this thing yeah. of being the winner. And if yeah. you don't think he's going to be the winner, then mm. that he yeah. does sort of lose yeah. his sheen. And then yeah. maybe, yeah. yeah. It's about because also, that. if you think about it, I mean, I can't name you one policy that Joe Biden actually he's, was campaigning No, his only on. policy was I'm not Donald Trump. Not being Donald Trump. Yeah, that's exactly it. Right. I'm not Donald Trump. Yeah. Not telling people to swallow bleach. Yeah. That was quite funny. By the way, while we're talking about this sort of mist of... Uh, disinformation that has uh, descended since Joe Biden was apparently named president. Uh, one of the things that suddenly everybody's writing about is the the wonder and the charisma of Kamala Harris. <laughs> I've seen more charisma she's on a dead earthworm. She's got Twitter bio, she's which got, was my big red flag. She's not. She is not. I don't think no she's ready charisma. for that kind of high What's office. Her? Actually, I she's really don't. A, I don't think she's quite there. You know, when you see some, um, I mean, it's about time, by the way, we should say that America actually recognised that there is another gender and they managed to get a woman into the White House. You know, because last time, uh, apart from Hillary Clinton, I seem to remember it was Geraldine Ferraro all the way back That's when right, Walter yeah. Mondale was running. And she was perceived to be, because she had a name that ended in O, part of the mafia. I mean, this is how backward the voting system is in America, you know, because she was an Italian-American and she was from Queens. They all were like in the Midwest, oh, yeah, she must be in the mafia then. So she's bound to be corrupt. Yeah. But also she's a woman. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I mean, they couldn't even conceive of it. It seems incredible that such a modern country would be so backward. But, you know, I just she doesn't look to me as though she realises that she's going to... I mean, she may be brilliant. I have no idea, and I don't know much about her. But she does not look to me as though she's really stepped up from sort of state level even um, into national level politics. But, you know, we shall see. Who's your your second one? Um, My second one is... Prince Harry for Good old Prince Harry. Prince Harry, who managed to make Remembrance Sunday all about himself somehow. Um, Surprise, surprise. So he obviously could have just come to London and put a wreath down. Yeah, call me old-fashioned. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Come to London, lay his wreath. Um, Instead, he leaked he he didn't he didn't put a wreath down no wreath was laid for him um on behalf of him well fair enough why should anyone lay a yeah. wreath on behalf of him if he's not going to get also how would we know that that else? was the case unless he told someone well exactly so then it was leaked to the papers that that um prince harry asked for someone to put a wreath down for him but no one would do it for him um and clearly <laughs> he leaked it brother. himself so <laughs> especially his own brother <laughs> hates him right. living his lovely life in california and even went with megan to a graveyard and did this awful posing photo where they both sort of honestly literally almost got their hands over their oh. hearts looking at the grave. Do you know what it looked like to me? It looked so... like a promotional shot for yes. a movie. Yeah. You know, like... you know, coming this like... fall, Meghan and Harry yeah. and the story of the greatest Mega, fight yeah. that Mega ever and Harry was. remember. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all that. Colon remember. Also, yeah. I mean, I've, I can think of some pretty bad stunts. But to pose in a cemetery oh, where people who have been so killed, nasty, dying awful. for their country, like, are lying, 
you just think, what yeah, were you so, thinking? But it's like a Remembrance Day, as in remember to take a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, my, I mean, my favourite, there was a great tweet <laughs> where somebody had put, because I posted it and somebody put, you know, at the going down of the sun, you will remember me. You know, because <laughs> that's basically what she was doing. Yeah. It's disgusting. You know? it's it disgusting. really is. So, Trying to I mean, cash in on Remembrance Day. Yeah. How dare you? Also, yeah. particularly given his connection, a prior connection uh, to the military. You know, and the Marines, of which he was the colonel-in-chief, I think. And, yeah. you know, the fact that a lot of his fellow soldiers feel really let down by him. Mm. You know, because as much as we make fun of him, like, running off to Hollywood with his sweetheart and all of that, you know, he has actually got a responsibility, or did have, I think, to raise people's awareness of the military, to make sure that, you know, there's always plenty of money going to the charities and he's always available to do whatever public service mm. he could do for them. And now he's literally just chucked them in the bin. Would have been such a powerful message to fly back here and to show that, you know, the military and remembering Sunday, remembering our dead is more important than than my little feud with my family. And here I am to show that I genuinely... Yeah, no matter where I am in the world, I will always turn up for this. He asked... Uh, the royal family to put a wreath on the centre path mm. for for him, didn't didn't he? Mm. Yeah. And uh, they said and then he no. Told, but then he told everyone that that the, yeah, well, because he's because he's like that because he's petulant. Yeah. So he's yeah. very angry. He's like a baby. But the real, reason him. they don't they didn't do it for you, Harry, is they don't like you. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're out. Yeah. You are mm. now in exile. Oh, Enjoy. Well, compared to Kate, God, she looks amazing at the centre path. She looks fantastic. Yeah, and she? just. What a, a, what a great picture. What a great picture, yeah. yeah. She looks fabulous. Right, well, my second one, to get back to the mundane people of our common uh, bond, is Mark Drakeford, the uh, First well, Minister of Wales. They don't get more than that, do they? <laughs> now, call me... Um, now, last week, I actually said, you know, that we were looking at a, a government in Britain that was so hapless that it was making Mark Drakeford look like the wisest man in politics, right? I'm now going to reverse that, I'm afraid, that because uh, <laughs> he, he wasn't the wisest man in politics for very long. Because let's get this right. During the two-week lockdown, sorry, seventeen-day firebreak, firebreak, firebreak lockdown, um, Merthyr Tydfil, which is in Wales, became the most infected part of Britain with coronavirus. Now, as we often say in this business, we're not scientists. You know, it might well be that that just happens to be a coincidence, but that look very good. I mean, because I've always said, who judges whether or not these lockdowns work? Right? You know, we don't really think that they do work. He said when he uh, opened up Wales again on Monday, um, well, we'll find out in a couple of weeks whether it worked. Well, hang on. If you're not sure whether it worked, why the hell did you do it? Well, yeah. That's what we're seeing for Lancet. A high, higher rate coming out of lockdown than we're mm. having going into yeah. lockdown. Yeah. I mean, to me, it seems that unless you know that compliance is very high, which it clearly isn't at the moment, you can just no, tell that it's just not. Right. Then, then this is definitely, I think lockdown is going to do more harm than good because instead of going to the pub and meeting people in a casual scenario, the best way to pass on coronavirus yeah. seems to be to be with a small number of people in close contact yeah. for a long period of time. So everyone's having people around their houses because yeah. that's the anything they can do of course do. they are the and, absolute and, winner and, you know, spreader the great, the great british pastime you know the national pastime which of drinking basically is never going to be curtailed no. people will find amazingly um kind of interesting and imaginative ways of drinking in this country i mean yeah. i talked to my daughter in dubai because she misses london so much that whenever i tell her a story about her, i said well don't worry there's there's always somewhere that you can find mm. to get a drink it doesn't matter what's going on there will be somebody selling drink yeah. somewhere there'll a be a park also. somewhere or there'll be a friend somewhere or yeah. there'll be some little speakeasy that's opened up so that people can go you know exactly. brits will always find a way to get a drink a in public for a, a boozy blm rally the ah, there you party. go <laughs> How did, that, did you make a couple of Placards, you know, business meetings. If you yeah, go around and clean, I was actually busy, you know, dinner with some business. I had somebody say, "I could, um, I could maybe pop round. I'll bring a pizza box. They might think I'm delivering it." I went, "Yeah, good idea." <laughs> you know, I mean, there's all sorts yeah. of ways of of doing it, and I think there's a kind of nod and a wink being made by people, mm. and includes and include the government in that, by the way. Well, um, uh, which is so it means we've got the absolute worst of all worlds. We're destroying the whole economy with absolutely no epidemiological effects no, at all. That's why it's so bizarre. I don't, the thing about lockdowns is what is quite clear is they don't save lives, as people keep saying. They postpone deaths. Mm. So lockdowns, uh, I think we're being uh, conned here. They, they, what they do is they enable a government to be able to say, never to have to say 2,000 people died mm. yesterday. So you spread out. Yeah. But you know, Alison Pearson. So they only have to say 150, 200. Alison Pearson made that point and Mm. was absolutely monstered um, by the sort of lockdown fanatics who said, oh, well, you might as well say that, you know, cancer treatment postpones death. 
Well, no, it's not quite the same thing. But, you know, they were trying to make out that she was now so kind of anti-lockdown that she was literally anti-medicine because all medicine stops you from dying, but it doesn't really because it only postpones it. Well, that's not the point, is it? Yeah, the death count of of this alleged coronavirus crisis... As we always say. Well, I don't think there's anything alleged about the crisis. Well, no, well, no, crisis. no, no, no. The coronavirus, the coronavirus didn't cause the crisis. The government caused the crisis with its overreaction. But uh, the death count at the end of it will be the same whether or not we had lockdowns yeah, or not. Exactly. Uh, but it might take longer to get there and it'll be more spread out. So this is just a political technique. So Boris never has to say 2,000 people died yesterday. Well, I thought one of the interesting things uh, as well was that list of um, eligibility for the vaccine. You know, because you have to get down. I mean, got to be about you guys, 10, well, I mean, you might be in it like me, but I mean, to get to you, uh, there's going to be about 45 million people ahead of you, you know, because you're not in any kind of risk group at yeah. risk. And you'd think that any normal person analysing how dangerous this disease is would look at the list of people who are going to get the vaccine and go, ah, yeah. if you're under 60, you're probably OK, actually, you know. Can, can we have, can we have th- th- those things that used to be around when we were younger, Mike, you know, journalists, proper journalists. Real journalists. You know, journalists who ask questions, who are sceptical, because the coverage of this uh, coronavirus crisis, uh, ever since it started, in terms of the journalistic, or what they call the mainstream media, I don't know what the non-mainstream media are, but newspapers, television, yeah. radio stations, has been a bunch of, like, they're like um, seals on feeding day. Yeah, you know? yeah. What's today's announcement? <laughs> OK, we'll faithfully reproduce yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, why don't they start asking questions? You know, was any of this ever necessary? This vaccine, then I go, oh, we're all saved by Christmas. No, we're not. It's going to be six months. I mean, months, there are, to be fair, there are occasional questions asked. And I remember one that was asked, which was good, before we went into this lockdown. And I can't remember who asked it, but it was, have you actually economically modelled this out? Have you actually yeah. looked the into the damage? Was, and they went, uh, no, no. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. And that just what? seems so unbelievably basic. Like any business taking on yeah. any project would look at the pros and cons right. and weigh it up in a proper document. I mean, you know, any business in the middle of all of this is looking at profit and loss all the time. Mm. Should we stay open? Should we close? I mean, how can the government not be doing that? What about the like fire break, which all the indications, if you look at Merthyr Tivill, hasn't worked? Um, so maybe have to up the ante now and actually set fire to Merthyr Tidfil. Combat the disease well, in no, that way. Well, no, do that thing yeah. they did in Outbreak, where they fly over it and just bomb it. You know, yeah, one of those, I think mean, um, that's what we're going to have to do. Like yeah. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't rule it out. I mean, the way this <laughs> government's going, Absolutely. they'll be bombing us soon. <laughs> Unbelievable. We're killing you to save you. <laughs> yeah, because that's what you need to do, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Because we dead can't people don't save pass the disease on hands, face. But this government, yeah, but this government, Peter Hitchens wrote his good phrase. They have turned themselves into the anti-death league. Yeah. They're trying to save yeah. people. Must not die of COVID. What about any other conditions? Yeah, oh, that's, right. that's no, fine. There's a lot of people dead over there. Never mind them. Yeah. Listen, look at me. Fifty thousand deaths from cancer and heart problems. No eyes. problem. Suicide. <laughs> forget it. We've got to save COVID patients. Also, did you see there was a rather bizarre tweet that went out yesterday from somebody who was involved in um, the Ministry for Health? I think it was, but it was a sort of minister in charge of suicides or something like that. I mean, it's a very weird title. <laughs> But they were almost celebrating the fact that they could now, they could now announce that suicides have not gone up since the lockdown. Well, first yeah. of all, one, I don't believe them. But yeah. two, why would you actually make that statement? Yeah. There's yeah. really nothing good coming out of any of that. Yeah, well, it's probably you the know? government lying again. Well, it could well be. What's your third one? Uh, I'm going to go for taking the knee at football matches, oh, yes. which... I thought uh, this just past weekend when, I thought uh, that was all done when Fulham uh, delivered to the world uh, an exercise in how to take penalties, the worst penalty ever taken against West Ham. Yes, Olivia's now an expert in this particular <laughs> yeah, penalty <laughs> after you quizzed her on it but at the weekend. I, but but I was, obviously I watched that game, it was, like, it was on Saturday, and before every match, the nearest uh, weekend to Remembrance Day... They always have a little remembrance service. And usually when you're at a football match, it is quite moving. Uh, you know, the, the silence the, is, the cry, yeah. The crowd go into perfect silence and there's a, a, a trumpeter doing the last post. Uh, down at Craven College, by the way, it's always a bit funny because we have a trumpeter who always misses the notes. <laughs> so, so we try and keep quiet, but you, people get <laughs> difficult. But it, it's a moving moment. Uh, and so there they were. Uh, and this was at every game before it, they all, all the players stood respectfully uh, to attention you know, while, while the last post was paid. And then as soon as that was over, they all go down and take the knee. 
which completely negated what they'd just been doing. Because what you're talking about... Well, so shouldn't you only do one of those things well, as opposed you, you, to well, two? you're talking about honouring uh, the heroes of wars of the past. OK, so let's think about, arguably, our greatest war hero ever, uh, Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister. Of but Gonsal. you're also honouring a lot of people yeah, from a lot of different yeah, backgrounds, yeah, but, but, from a lot of different well, countries, from a lot of well, different yeah, ethnicities yeah. as well, right? Yeah, but the, what I'm saying is that the, the, what I'm talking about, the incongruousness of following... Uh, standing to attention for the last post by uh, saluting BLM. BLM, Black Lives Matter, were the uh, rioters who went and uh, defaced Winston Churchill's yeah. statue. They're also now a political party. Yeah. I thought once they became a political party, yeah. or have applied to be a political party, yeah. Yeah. that they could no longer be yeah. represented yeah. by, say, football leagues and all yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, they? but, you know, sort of taking the knee now is like so last year's thing. You know, give it up. Yeah. Uh, the funniest one I saw was Roy Hodgson, who I presume, is he still manager of Crystal Palace? Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was kind of half kneeling inside well, the dugout. Poor old guy, he's about 92. But I was like, he's not going to make it up. He literally didn't look like he was going to be able to get up. And he was kind of, he was sort of down on two knees, but not quite, you know. And it looks ridiculous. Roy's now. knees matter. They do, absolutely. Um, but uh, but, it, but it, it enrages uh, football fans. This has all been done in the lockdown, the silent matches without crowds. Now, if they have been taking the knee with crowds, trust me, they would have been howled off the pitch. The fans would have booed them till the cows come home. Yeah. So they're doing but this... Not because of their beliefs, but just because they don't want they're politics in football, they're, do they? They're unilaterally bombarding us with some kind of politics. By the way, Les Ferdinand, uh, the chairman of Queen's Park, Queen's Park Rangers, uh, he got his team to stop it for a couple of matches, right. and then uh, the Premier League forced them, or the football authorities forced them to start doing it again. Really? Les, Les Ferdinand said, this is about as meaningful as a hashtag. Right. He said, it's a stupid gesture that doesn't mean anything. Half the these players also, don't even know what Black Lives Matter is. He said, why are we doing this? And, and by the way, Les Ferdinand is a man of colour. So you can't get more no. powerful than that. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's stupid. It's, a, it's alienating the fans. Uh, and it's classic corporate virtue signalling that no one wants. It's got to end. Yeah, which we all thought was kind of becoming a slightly more... Um, Shall we say not not normalised, but I mean it was slightly becoming you know a thing a bit of a thing of the past. You know it was like summer of twenty twenty mm-hmm. was that whole big movement, mm-hmm. and now people were beginning to go, okay, well look, we can do certain things. There are things mm-hmm. that people are doing. There are things that companies are doing. You know, but that as you say, that kind of yeah. meaningless kind yeah. of just yeah. tokenism, we'll I think, go, just doesn't we'll make go. any. Po- we're not racist. Right. You're not supposed to be racist. No. you know <laughs> you don't have to have a badge that says I'm not a racist. Do you? <laughs> That's crazy, Olivia. Your number three? So my number three, who I'm sure I've done before, but I'm going to do him again because it's always worth it, is Sadiq Khan. Um, Well, you know, Sadiq Khan currently, because we're going to do uh, an end-of-year plank, you know, planks of the year. Sadiq Khan's currently... by quite some measure, number one. <laughs> <Woo! Yeah. laughs> He's winning at last. Yeah, finally. Yeah, hashtag winning. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he just is so incapable of doing Anything? the day job. Um, everything is about Sadiq Khan and his personal image and what people are saying about him. And he did, I mean, we've talked about people fawning over Joe Biden, but he tweeted fawning over Joe Biden saying, well, we've, we'll... we'll We'll work together building bridges, not walls. And someone, which I thought was very funny, commented underneath, we'll start with Hammersmith Bridge, mate. <laughs> we can also start with reopening London Bridge, which has been shut for the best part of the lockdown. Yeah. You can only go across it one way, I think. And you yeah, remember yeah. Tower Bridge. In fact, bridges are not a great thing for him. Was no, Tower, exactly. bridge, Tower Bridge got stuck. And Hammersmith Bridge is a nightmare. No one can commute anywhere, yeah. haven't yet. Exactly. That's been for years, isn't so, it? Yep, yeah. years and years, and then and and then he, all he does is set up more and more cycle lanes. That's even more cycle lanes have not been. Nothing's been said about that. It's mm. the most sinister thing uh, that I've seen happen in this country. What the cycle lanes? That we went into lockdown, and every authority all over the country changed every town and every city uh, beyond recognition. Yeah, they just mm. turned them into cycle lanes and pedestrian paths, and suddenly cars couldn't get through. Who asked them to do that? Mm. I know. Why, what's well, that about? I mean, clearly they didn't ask anybody, but it's become Why? a thing. Did it's they not do just it happened then? in London, it's happened everywhere. Yeah. Why, though? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Why did they well, do Well, don't this? you know they're trying to save the environment? Yeah, that's another thing Joe Biden's got a wake-up call coming to him about, and Kamala Harris. Americans, you know, I don't think British people give much of a damn about 
climate change. But let me tell you, Americans, you know, they could not care less about no. climate change. And they say, I've got to Boris goes, uh, we're very pleased I'll be able to work with President Biden yeah. on, climate on climate change. change. Oh, you shut up as well. Yeah, really. I mean, Well, I mean, where up. you used to live in uh, L.A., right? Uh, I was there, what, 18 months ago, 20 months ago, something like that. Um, and 405, the San Diego Freeway. There's literally eight lanes of traffic on both sides. 16 lanes. Yeah. 16 lanes, completely chock-a-block for about seven hours a day. Oh, all the time. Right? 24. I mean, I, t- I took a... We, we did a little sort of Hollywood tour with the kids, right, and had this guy driving us around so we couldn't be bothered parking. And we got to about four o'clock, and we went for a tea or a drink somewhere, and he's like... I said, well, we should probably start heading back. We were living staying down at Newport Beach. He's like, there's no point. I said, what do you mean? He said, we well, might as well wait till seven. I said, yeah, why? Yeah, no, because he said, uh, he said, you'll be sitting in traffic for three hours. Four to seven, it literally yeah. doesn't move. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine the number of cars, the amount of, uh, you know, exhaust coming out of those know. cars? And that's California, which is one of the greenest states in the union, right? And so, I mean, he's got no chance yeah, of getting the, the green don't new care deal. about that. They, they couldn't care, care less. Well, uh, I used to have rounds with my nephew, um, who would go on about how, you know, it would be better if we were uh, kinder to the climate. While we were sitting in his mother's house in North Carolina with the air conditioning on full blast, oh. full bedroom house, I said, well, maybe you could switch the air conditioning off if you feel uh, like doing something for the, uh, for the environment. Huh? Yeah. He's like, looks at me oh, like I'm talking ancient far. Greek. <laughs> Politi- He's like, what do you mean? But these we can't do that. Yeah. Politicians like, um, yeah. Politicians like uh, Johnson and Biden. You know, they're so detached from the normal population. They, they think, you know, climate change is a real election winner. Yeah. You know? No, it's not. People don't care. They but really the don't care. But the trouble is, in places like London, I think you can get enough support, if you're Sadiq Khan, for this kind of nonsense. Because London has now become, I'm sorry to say, the epicentre of sort of wokedom. Because mm-hmm. if you go to any other part of Britain... It's not as bad as it is here. And I don't know, I mean... People can you, afford to be socialists. Well, they do. But, I mean, you know, by and large, they're, they're, they've got pretty good jobs. They're white-collar workers. They've got reasonable kind of, you know, prospects in life. You know, they're not struggling too much. And they love this idea of having... I mean, some of these people are spending like 2,000 quid on a bike. <laughs> I'm not joking. I mean, you know, I bought a car for 400 quid. You know, that was pretty polluting as well, by the way. It smelled like a chip pan going past, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know, the, the point is that, you know, the point is, is that London has become this kind of woke centre of the world. Yeah. And it's quite disturbing for those of us who are not very yeah, woke. Yeah, people in London, they're so stupid. They vote against their own interests. So they vote. Uh, for you know green policies, they vote for policies that don't benefit rich people with big houses and nice cars, mm. which they all are. Yeah, they vote for people. Yeah, because they want to give something back. I mean, you know, but it's because they can afford it, right? You know, because they don't really have to worry well, like too much about London. They just I mean, hop on a plane and go down to all their the people that house have to pay this, this ULES charge. You know, are not the uh, you know the traders of the city of London or the kind of PR people or the you know the web designers yeah. you know they're all the guys that l- deliver things for a living or have got one man businesses with a van who are having to pay out twenty five quid a day to even do their work yeah. Yeah. shocking really so Deep Khan's always a good one for me my final one is a, is a return from uh, a few weeks ago our old friend Dominic West. Um, you might have forgotten Dominic West. Uh, he's he the guy who... He's the star who, of the affair. He's the star of the <laughs> affair. Um, went off to Rome with Lily... Uh, Lily uh, what's her name? James. Lily James. And then he said Lily Allen there. That would have been a mistake. Uh-huh. Um, Lily James was pictured sort of um, canoodling with her in public and riding a, a, a bike with her. Um, and by, by all intents, to all intents and purposes, it was looking like they'd had some kind of romantic, dirty weekend together. And then he came back and did that ludicrous thing. I think if he hadn't done this part of it, I wouldn't have cared about him. But when he came back to his wife, who lived in Wiltshire somewhere, and then they came out and did that David Mellor-esque thing where he put his arm around her, they came out together, and she went, you know, our marriage is very strong. And everybody went, no, it isn't. It obviously is not. Why would you even think? I mean, as a woman, I mean, I don't know any women that would do that. I really don't. I mean, even if you're you're married to a politician and and the, the guy comes home having obviously had an affair and says, all right, darling, would you mind just, you know, let's go out and have a press conference? Yeah, and it wasn't just a press conference. There was, like, zoomed-in photos of yeah. kissing. Kissing her, yeah. And so it also... literally seemed like, hey, look, I've got away yeah, with that, her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he was really smug, was wasn't he? It? It, was, it, was, it was like a, fa- it was like I mean, a, a, a little wink to every it. bloke. Thank you, yeah, Dominic yeah. West hey, yeah. 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 She's only gone and fallen for it. Yeah, yeah. Silly. Yeah, we'll be all right later on. Get it? Anyway, she, since then... um 
uh, has obviously worked out that that was really a very idiotic thing to do because she's she now humiliated in Ireland. She never moved, a good sign. moved back to her mother's in Ireland. She's, like, as you say, never a good idea, never a good <laughs> sign for the marriage. Apparently now today it's been declared that, you know, my marriage is over yeah. by Dominic it's West. It's wonderfully yeah. similar to his storyline in The Affair yeah. where he's married with four children to a nice rich woman, um, which is exactly the same. He's married to an aristocratic Irish woman and he has an affair with a woman 10 years ago. But of course, because he can't help himself, you know, he's just, he has feelings for, for Lily, yeah. you know. And I mean, she obviously probably does not have feelings for him. Yeah. She probably lock, just lock thinks... Your yeah. Here comes Lily James. Here comes James. Lily James. I mean, you, na- you, know. you name the co-star. I know. Well, she has got quite a long list. And yeah, again, no, no. you know, she's... we should not be in any way unkind to her because she's a woman, and I'm not judging her any differently. Um, you know, if she wants to, you know, have an affair with a married guy, she's perfectly willing to do so, and happy. I'm happy for her. But, you know, it just, it all, it's, all, it's all a bit seedy, really. It's just all being played out in public. It's good. It's, it's, I mean, it's great for us, of course. Do you think yeah. Dominic West will now issue a statement saying, reports of the strength of my marriage were somewhat exaggerated <laughs> I think I, I predict that he's a guy who likes the limelight and therefore will suddenly appear in some way shape or form either with the he'll try and get his wife back I suspect which would be crazy for her to do or he will be pictured with Lily again and they'll be back together in each other's arms mm. and it was true love and you know, I couldn't help it you know when you get those people who say, "I can't help who I fall in love with," oh, yeah. and you go, "Really? Well, yeah. Yeah. well you can, you can actually. actually. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. a grown up. Yeah, you're not it's actually. Not, it's not a 14. stupid <laughs> film. Right. It's not a daft TV series now, Dominic. Yeah. Right. Bizarre. Well, that's that's nine people, isn't it? Yeah, so we've, we've there, got yeah. one to carry over from last week. I'm not sure who that, who that will be. We haven't had much of a mention of Keir Starmer. Keir Starmer hasn't actually done anything uh, plankish this week, bizarrely. We haven't done not anything, that's why. Yeah. He's kept well out of the way, hasn't yeah, he? Well, he hasn't really run over any cyclists, himself. and he hasn't thrown anybody out of the party, So <laughs> you know, which is why he was in last week. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so let's do the usual. Uh, we have to select one from each of our three nominations. So why don't I pick yours you can pick his and then you can pick mine okay so your three martin bashir and who was your other one do you want to start with so mine were martin bashir and the bbc over diana obviously uh pollsters Mm. particularly in america but it is a problem that's a good one actually here too and uh taking the knee at football matches yeah i'm gonna go with pollsters of yours pollsters i think pollsters is very on point because it's very much this week's story isn't it it's a problem here they're not getting these things wrong uh, because they're incompetent, they're getting them wrong because someone wants them to. Yes, absolutely right. A, so you need problem. to choose mine. So I've got Adam Bolton, Dominic West and uh, Mark Drakeford. Do you know, uh, because I think Sky News is so epically useless, <laughs> you know, it's an ocean-going, ongoing disaster that <laughs> no one watches, 90,000 for its top show. That's the funniest thing. Right. That for all his pomposity, Adam Bolton, no one is watching him. Mm. I'm going for Adam. Adam Bolton, okay. And your three were? And I've got Sadiq Khan, John Major, and Prince Harry. Well, do you know, because Prince Harry and Sadiq Khan are in it so much, yeah. I'm going to go with John Major because also, because I mean, it's a prize plank for this week, isn't yeah. it? It's a good choice. Yeah. yeah. So contemporaneous. Topical, yeah, contemporaneous, exactly. absolutely right. And also, they'll still, because I'm compiling, you know, I'm such a saddo. I actually, after every week of the planks now, I compile extra points and put them into the main <laughs> list. This is what I do, right? <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing Sadiq Khan on. <laughs> we're in lockdown. The There's nothing but, else but to Sadiq do. Will get, will, will still be in the top 10, so he'll still have points to be added to his, his total. Please Interestingly enough, I'm Prince Harry. Backup. Harry and Meghan are second, but if you add in Prince Harry and Meghan separately, they ah, overtake him. Oh, really? So I'm going to have to take a, a, a view on that because yeah. I don't know whether that's allowable. I don't think it is. I think they have to stay separately stay? and together, don't Can they? I just stick in the, uh, um, apropos of nothing, the glorious news that magazines like Hello and uh, all the celebrity magazines now don't put Harry and Meghan on the cover because they lose sales well, because of it. Well, funnily enough, talking of polls, the one last most recent royal poll I saw had Harry down as far down as, as Camilla. Yeah, yeah. And that's where he is now. You know, he's so gone I, from... He's gone from I mean, I, well, he was around about the same level. Mm. I mean, she's come up a bit, to be fair, from when she married Charles, because everybody hated her for a long time. I rather like Camilla. When you don't yeah, sell papers, you're over. I think she's great. When you don't sell papers, you're over. Yeah, you are and indeed. They don't sell papers. Okay, so, um, so we've got um, Adam Bolton, Polsters, and John Major. I would suggest that maybe John Major's number one. 
I, I, I wouldn't object. I think I, I was furious with his speech. So yeah. I concur with Olivia's would you go with disgust. That? Yeah, Pollsters two, Bolton three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's good. Well, John Major, you weren't much of a prime minister, but at least you are now. Plank of the week uh, here at uh, Talk Radio TV. Uh, Olivia and Kevin, thank you very much indeed. And I should say thank you. Uh, this is from Mick Williams. This little bit here, the silver bit, which says Plank of the Week. John Major, uh, you are the Plank of the Week. We'll see you next time. <laughs>